Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balserac with A4 Wealth Advisors. And my amazing co-host, the one and only Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? I am doing great. I don't think I've ever been this happy, John. Wow, so that's, that's pretty to good. So show with you today. Yeah. That is pretty darn good. Well, listen, we got a great show. I know that a lot of people out there hopefully have not followed an extension, but maybe some have. But uh, we're going to talk today about tax refund options to improve your finances. Now, normally we don't recommend getting a tax refund. I think it's better to break even. Uh, Otherwise, the government has your money if you've overpaid and they don't give you any interest on it. So that's not the best money tip. But for those who are going to have a refund anyway, we're going to talk about what to do with it. And, you know, a lot of people use that as a forced savings and then maybe they go out and just blow it. Um, but if you go, if you are going to get a tax refund this year, we're going to talk about, um, you know, plans and give you some directions of what to do with that money. And also for any listeners out there, um, you can go to our website, www.a4wealth.com. You can go to our radio page and you can catch any past shows on iTunes, on Google play or on Spotify. So if you've missed any past shows, not a problem. We got a great learning library. Our whole show is based upon educating, and we want to educate you, the public, on what to do with your money, and in this topic, what to do with your tax refund. So, Tony, that leaves me to you. I know that every year you've been getting a big tax refund. We want to know where it's going. (laughs) Well, I I did get a refund this year, and I know that's a no-no. Like you say, uh, you definitely don't want to plan on getting a refund. Uh, we weren't sure where we would be at this year with the new tax laws, but we did end up getting some money back. And, you know, we had some things that we needed to cover with it. Uh, we're taking out a couple of trees in the yard. We put in some toward uh, my son's and daughter's college funds. So okay. that's, pretty mu- that's pretty much it. You didn't buy a Pizza Hut franchise. I did. <laughs> it wasn't that big. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that uh, for a lot of people out there, um, you know, they normally, maybe they remodel their house with it. Maybe they spend it on a family vacation. But we want to talk about increasing everyone's financial IQ out there today. And that's what our episode is going to be about. So uh, if you get a tax run, what do you do? And I know that you may have heard, uh, you know, that we're in the season of tax refunds. But I I think that for a lot of people out there, Uh, They just don't know what to do with the money. So we want to give them direction. Um, And I know that this is, again, data from the IRS, Tony. And this was released actually in February of 2019, so it's very recent. And it showed uh, that the average tax refund is $3,143. Oh, wow. 
so that's slightly higher uh, than the average refund filed by roughly the same time in 2018. So people are getting back more money. But like you said, this was a new year because you know the tax laws changed. So a lot of people didn't know what, what it was going to look like. Um, but you know, $3,000 plus is a healthy chunk of change. And it's likely uh, that you'll have some ideas how to spend that money. I know that my wife would probably redo the kitchen or of course that wouldn't pay for much, but it would start. Yeah. Um, but you know, or going to some exotic de- destination, but there was actually another article that again, 2019 Motley Fool, and it was entitled the four best ways to use your tax refund. So I read it, I thought it was pretty good and we'll obviously share it on today's show. Uh, but the article focuses uh, on financially beneficial ways to use your tax refund to set yourself up for more financial security. And I know that most listeners out there, that's what they want. You know, people do not want to run out of money. Uh, they want to, be able to retire successfully and they want to have more financial security. Well, yeah, and taxes, unfortunately, they're one of the few things we can always count on in life, right? That and death, right? Death, yep. death, death and taxes. And, you know, that's what the old jokes would have you believe. So I think that um, the old idiom of death and taxes being certain is definitely certain. Um, you're not going to get out of either one of those. And I think the first thing that is mentioned in that article is, number one, create or add an emergency fund. Now, that seems like such a basic thing, uh, but so many people don't have an emergency fund. And if they get themselves into a bad situation, maybe they dig into their 401k or a retirement plan account, that can cost you a ton of money and taxes and penalties. Um, But you know, you should have six months to a year set aside for emergencies. And so few people do that. Um, so I think it's really, really critical. If you don't have an emergency fund, you know, don't blow that three or $4,000 that you're going to get back on things, put that in an emergency fund and get started. So I think that that's really, really key. You know, most people out there, Tony, don't even have a thousand dollars in savings, which, which blows my mind. Um, and that just tells you that maybe people don't have a lot of financial literacy out there. Um, and you know, as the trend continues going forward, we want to make sure that you have money set aside, not only for emergencies, but maybe uh, for medical issues, house repairs, uh, maybe your car you know, goes out, and then also avoiding additional debt. If you don't have to take on additional debt and you can pay cash for it, always a good thing. Well, yeah, debt is a problem. And you know, one thing that reminds me of, I've been thinking about how long things last, John. You know, everything has a lifespan. So Uh, Thinking about an emergency fund, I mean, what if a major appliance were to suddenly break? That could be a very expensive, unexpected cost, right? That's a great point. You know, so while appliances may not immediately come to mind uh, when thinking of an emergency, I'm sure uh, that you'd feel differently if the furnace went out uh, in the in the winter, or maybe your air conditioner. Now that we're you know moving into the summer months, um, you know, you wouldn't think about not having air conditioning, at least not where I am in the South, you know, it's just unbearably hot. So those things are very expensive. And, you know, they have different life shelves, you know, a dishwasher is nine years, a freezer 10 to 20 years, refrigerator nine to 13 years, central air seven to 15, furnace 15 to 25. And of course, you know, if you look, you know, they're all different prices depending upon where, you know, how, how tricked out you want to get these things. But 
They're expensive, Tony. Thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of dollars. So a lot of people, again, don't have an emergency fund. And if those things happen to them or those things go out, and they will, uh, they're very expensive to replace. So have the money in cash to pay for it. Yeah, and maybe use that tax refund uh, to build up a larger emergency fund because you don't want to go into debt. Like you said, in my experience, debt can be a danger for so many Americans and avoiding it sounds like a good idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so easy because, you know, they give, you know, teenagers credit cards, I think when they're 18 and it's so easy to put yourself in debt or if you go to, you know, high school or or these colleges now, I mean, college cost today is just blowing my mind. It keeps going up and up and up and they advocate being in debt. But uh, the second part of that article going back to that recommends uh, that you use your refund to pay down your debt, especially if you have revolving debt, okay? High interest credit card debt. I mean, you have the rule of 72 working against you. If you're paying you know, 10, 12, you know, I've seen, I've seen interest rates as high as 32%. And these are major banks, you know, 32%, which is crazy. There's no way you're gonna be able to build wealth if you're servicing debt at that high of an interest rate. So have a plan to pay down your debt. Take that whole chunk, and if you have a credit card with a big balance, put the entire thing down on that balance. Get that under control and have a game plan to pay it off. You'll be in a much better position if you're debt-free, you know, and that can free you up to do other things like save money. Okay, so you know it's one thing if you have mortgage interest debt, which is tax deductible, but you gotta kill your revolving credit card debt. Get rid of that as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. So What's the first reason debt is bad for you? Well, I think the first reason mentioned in the article, uh, and this is from thebalance.com, is that debt creates the temptation to spend more if you can afford to, right? So if they give you a higher allowance on your credit card, you're going to be tempted maybe to max it out. Uh, Debt allows for the emotional high of getting new things or having new experiences without feeling the pain with the money leaving your bank account. Okay, but what it's doing is it's, it's going to be another bucket where you're paying high interest rate debt on it or interest on it. And it's just to me, it's a recipe for disaster. And I think the easier the credit comes if you're not careful and you go out and max out your cards. I mean, they'll even tell you, you know, it will take 18 years and this much to, to pay it off in full if you pay the minimum payment. And a lot of people out there do just that, Tony. And that is just a recipe for failure. Yeah, it sounds like one. So to recap, obviously debt can create a habit of spending too much and that spending is going to be more expensive in the long run. It's going to cost us with interest and things. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's compound interest, but working against you. You know, we talk about saving and investing. This is the opposite, servicing debt. Um, So, you know, it seems simple enough that you would think, hey, I'm going to pay this off. But, you know, to help drive that point home, you know, the article does a really good job of offering a sample scenario. And let's say you decide to get a new living room set for your home, okay? The total cost of this set is $2,000. If you use a credit card with an APR of 11%, now that's pretty low, because I've seen them again as high as 32, and you pay for that living room set, um, if you make the minimum payment, like I was just telling you, you're gonna end up spending more than $3,400. You're gonna pay almost double of what you would have paid had you paid cash. So and then the other thing is suppose you took that additional money 
in this case, what, Tony, $1,400? And then put wow, that into an investment. And then put that $1,400 into an investment making, say, you know, 8% return. What would the difference be? Paying cash and then instead of paying interest, investing that. It would be a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot of extra money to spend just on the same living room set. Uh, now that you've brought this up, I might feel a little self-conscious the next time you come over to my house and yeah. start looking at that furniture <laughs> and think about how I paid for it. Well, I think that for many people out there, you know, you're going to furnish your homes, but do it the smart way. Don't get yourself in more debt. Again, if you have a tax refund, pay the debt down. And, you know, again, have a plan. So many people out there, Tony, do not have a plan. Uh, we want to talk to them about setting up a plan, about staying on track. Again, setting up an emergency fund, paying down debt, and saving and investing for their future. If you don't have that, but you want to get one, uh, give us a call toll-free. Our toll-free number is 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. We would love to help you. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies, and our host, John Balserac, right after this. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from A4 Wealth Advisors now by going to a4wealth.com or by calling us at 888-949-7475. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host, the man with the plan, is John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. And John, good show today, talking about what to do with that tax refund. If you got a refund, there's a number of things you probably should do with it, and that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, so today, Tony, we've been examining that March 2019 Motley Fool article titled, the four best ways to use your tax refund. Again, we don't advocate you getting one, but if you do get one, here are some things you should do. And the two we've discussed so far um, is number one, start an emergency fund or add to your emergency fund if you already have one started. And the second was to reduce your debt. So in the last segment, we examined a few of the ways, you know, debt can be bad for you. And before we move on, uh, from the conversation about debt, you know, I really want to point out to our listeners that debt isn't necessarily bad. You know, it's just something that is a part of your financial picture. So in order to make some of life's larger purchases, a lot of people out there might buy a car or a home, maybe even a boat. You know, we live in the Lake Norman area here in uh, Charlotte. And, you know, some of those things, you know, like, you know, you can deduct the interest and th those things can have good debt. So long-term good debt that maybe be you know might be tax deductible is fine, but if the clients that are trying to maybe buy things they don't need are putting stuff on high interest debt, we recommend that you stay away from that. And again, well, Tony, yeah. you, you, you want to find a financial professional. If, for example, if you want to buy a high-ticket item like a boat, for example, you know we need to weigh wants versus means. You know that might cost you a part of your retirement. I'm not saying that you can't do it. You just want to look at all the different angles and options that you have available before you make a major purchase like that. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and of course, debt is just one part of a larger financial strategy. 
now, what's the next way to utilize our tax refund? Yeah, the, the third way uh, to utilize your tax refund is to improve your financial situation, is to increase your retirement savings, okay? So again, you know, pay down that debt, build up your emergency fund, and then you really need to start socking money away for retirement. Most people just don't save enough money. So obviously, if you get money back uh, in a tax refund uh, and you haven't maxed out your 401k, maybe you can do that. Uh, maybe if you don't even have a work plan, uh, you put money in, an, in a Roth IRA or an IRA. And today it's pretty liberal. You know, the, the article you know, talked about you can put away, what, I think as much as $19,000 now in your 401k. And if you did that over a long period of time, say 30 years, and you were getting around a 7% rate of return, that's going to be a substantial savings that you're going to have for retirement. So again, if you get 2500 back or 3000 back or whatever it is, maximize your retirement savings and then make good investment choices. If that compounds and grows, it's amazing what time and consistency will do. You know, and again, just putting money in the market over regular periods of time. You're not, not trying to time it. It's time in the market, but being consistent. Every time you get paid, pay yourself first and put money away. It's a great, great part of the article. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. So are there limits to how much we can contribute uh, to an individual retirement account? Uh, there are, you know. Um, so, you know, the tax laws have increased those limitations, which is great. And I recommend uh, that, you know, you get with your CPA. Um, but I will go over some of the numbers. Um, so let's just talk about that. So for 401k contribution, that's going to increase to $19,000, like I just mentioned. Um, that's how much you, the employee, can put away. Now, for those over 50, 50 is not all that bad because as soon as you turn 50, the IRS has catch-up provisions. You can put an additional $6,000. So that's pretty good, right? Twenty-five grand. I mean, that, that will make a dent. Um, if you have a 401k, 403b, 457, again, it went from 18.5 and 18 up to 19,000. And if you're over 50, an additional 6,000. So people always ask me, well, John, should I do the catch-up contribution? I say, yes, absolutely. Maximize the contribution. One of the things you may want to consider is maybe uh, you know split the difference and you do maybe half of your 401k in a pre-tax account. That will help you in this tax year, but maybe the other half you put in a Roth account where you actually pay taxes on it, but you're creating a tax-free bucket. You do not want to have all your money in pre-tax accounts. At 70 and a half years old, that will create a tax time bomb where you're forced to take distributions. But again, max out your plan wherever possible. Of course, for IRAs, for people that don't have an employer plan out there, you uh, the, it increased from 5,500 up to $6,000. So $6,000, and if you're over 50, an additional thousand. So seven grand total if you're over 50. So if you don't have a company plan, definitely consider a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, 6,000 contribution, $1,000 catch up, 100% max that out. Well, and that means uh, if we haven't reached those contribution limits, we could potentially use our tax refund to uh, fund our IRAs or our retirement accounts, right? That's that's correct, Tony. You know, so if you're not if you're putting in and you're not going to hit those thresholds and you get three or four thousand dollars back, you can put all of that in all at once and then hit those thresholds. I mean, it makes sense to max it out, 
the more you save now, the more you're going to have later. And again, the number one fear that retirees have is running out of money. So don't let that be you. Maximize your contribution. And again, use your tax refund wisely. Well, definitely. And so uh, another uh, thing that you've mentioned before uh, that we don't talk about a lot is the thrift savings plan. What's that? Yeah. So for federal employees out there, um, they have what's called a thrift savings plan. And then they've got different models like the G fund and the I and the S fund. Um, But the thing about the TSP is really a tax deferred retirement savings and investment vehicle offered to federal employees. And, you know, it basically allows federal workers to have access to similar retirement savings and tax benefits as workers, say, from the private sector that have a 401k. And this is going to allow you the opportunity to save more money. And of course, there are matching contributions. You know, and so if they max it out, I think the match right now is 5%. Um, so federal employees who participated in the TSP are 50 or over uh, and who also participate in the 401k or 403b or 457 um, and did not receive a contribution limit increase for 2019 can put money in there. So again, if you can max out your TSP, if you're a federal employee, absolutely do that. You have to at least get the match, right? I mean, the match is free money, which is up to 5%. So do that minimally. And if you can do more, that's even better. And get an advisor to help you. I know a lot of uh, federal employees don't get the help they need. They don't know what fund to go to. A lot of them put it in the G fund, which is safe and stable. But it's only averaged about a 2.5% rate of return. So find an advisor that can help design the right asset allocation to match your risk tolerance and your time frame, your time horizon, and again, your investment goals. If you don't have someone to help you with that, we would love to help you. Our toll-free number is 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. And John, you already discussed three of the ways. Add to our emergency funds, uh, reduce debt, pay off some of those credit cards, uh, maximize our contributions to our tax-deferred retirement accounts, Uh, What's the final way uh, that's mentioned in that article that you wanted to talk about today? Yeah, the the final way, Tony, uh, to use your tax refund is to consider investing in a taxable brokerage account. So this may be a good option for a lot of listeners out there, uh, especially if you've already maxed out your allowed retirement savings account contributions. You know, what do you do after you max those out? Well, then you could put away more money. And of course, you've, you've already paid tax on it, okay? So, you know, these funds also would be available before 59 and a half. So if a lot of people out there want to retire, say at 57, 55, it's good to have other money that you can access before your retirement plan assets because there's no 10% excise tax penalty. And, you know, you obviously want to get with your CPA or your financial professional to ask about, you know, capital gains or those kind of impacts. But listen, having more buckets of money, whether it's a Roth, a pre-tax account, or a brokerage account is better. It's going to give you more options. It's going to give you more flexibility. Well, I think that's really good. And obviously, flexibility is something uh, we could all use. You encouraged me to not be shy about asking questions. So uh, what's a taxable brokerage account? Yeah, that's a good question. So we often talk about 401k accounts and IRAs. 
And sometimes we also talk about Roth IRAs, uh, but we don't always bring up taxable brokerage accounts as an option, um, which we probably should more, but you know, taxable brokerage accounts are not commonly referred to as retirement accounts because they're not, uh, but they're a great tool to use for wealth accumulation. And funds in a taxable brokerage accounts are not subject to early withdrawal penalties like retirement accounts are. There are also no required minimum distributions. Um, so again, gives you more freedom, gives you more flexibility. It also gives you additional buckets of money that, that could be used for other things other than retirement, you know? So if you do save in those buckets, then that might be your bucket of money that does buy your boat, right? Because it's not gonna affect your retirement income plan. So I think it's really important that people know what options that they have. Find a good advisor, you know, determine what your goals are and make a plan because so many people just don't do that. You know, we're getting into the summer months are coming up here soon. And people will plan more for their family vacations, Tony, than they will their financial future. So we want you to have a nice vacation. I think that's fantastic. Go ahead and do that. But get your long-term game plan together for your financial future. You know, set big goals, do the right thing. If you get a tax refund, again, pay down debt, build up your emergency fund, max fund your retirement savings. And if you do all that, then go ahead and fund a, a, a taxable brokerage account. You'll be glad that you did it. You'll have more resources, more money to do the, do the things you want later on in life. And that's, you know, again, financial freedom. Yeah. And so these types of investments then with a taxable brokerage account would be taxable. How does that work? Yeah. So money earned uh, is taxable during the year that you earn the money. Uh, there will also be taxes on capital gains as well. Um, so these taxes depend, again, on how long you've held it. Uh, you know, if you own things for less than a year, you're going to be taxed at your, you know, your, your regular ordinary income tax rate. If it's over a year, you're going to be taxed on long-term capital gains. And again, which, which is really nice, if you look at long-term capital gains rates, you know, for 2019, you can make around $78,000 if you're married filing joint, Tony, and have zero long-term uh, long capital gain, which is significant. Um, you know, again, if you make over $78,000, maybe you're at 15% uh, if you're married filing joint. And you have to make over a lot of money, over almost $480,000 if you're going to be taxed at 20%. So long-term capital gains rates are very, very favorable. You know, compared to traditional, you know, ordinary income tax rates, but I would say, you know, consult with your tax advisor, consult with your uh, financial professional, and find again the best plan for you. Well, and this is good information to have. Uh, how do we apply this to retirement? Yeah, well, again, I think that for a lot of people out there, you need to have a plan. Um, you know, you want to find out what tax bracket you're going to be in. And again, maximize. You know, a lot of people also today are, that we're advocating is that taxes are on sale. And perhaps they want to maybe convert some of their pre-tax money to Roth, especially while you're still working, especially while tax rates are very, very low. You know, I tell people uh, that a lot of people uh, out there, if you have, say, five or 10 years left to work, Tony, Maybe we convert 25 to 30 or 40% of your pre-retirement income to Roth. Why? Because if rates do go back up, and I think they will, you're going to have a lot of tax-free buckets to pull money out of. 
So again, having a comprehensive plan is critical. Finding someone who can act in the fiduciary capacity to act in your best interest is critical. If you need help, give us a call toll free. We're always available to help. Our toll free number is 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. All right. Well, we're out of time for today's show, but it was a good one, John. We covered a lot of ground. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 